You're listening to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. In our last episode, I introduced you to Jeffrey Pullman, advocate for lungcancer.net. Sadly, Jeffrey passed away a few weeks after I recorded this interview. We had a lengthy conversation and covered so many important topics. I wanted to share a little more of our conversation in this bonus episode. So if someone listening to this has a friend or family member who has cancer, what advice would you give them on how they can best be supportive? You know, that's a, that's a question I've been asked many times, as I'm sure you can imagine. And I don't have a singular answer for it because it has a lot to do with knowing your audience. Mm. One thing I personally feel is never say the words, be strong or you got this um, because that's a lot of, you probably don't have like a beep to put over language here. So let's just say that that's not a very genuine thing to say and it's kind of meaningless. And I, <laughs> and I feel it's the, the people serve up platitudes when they don't really know what to say, or they think, well, this is the thing people say here. And let's just insert X statement instead of actually giving it some thought. And instead of saying, you know, you got this, you're, you're a warrior, you know, um, which I, I find to be an incredibly insensitive thing to say uh, to people who are, who are facing this kind of an illness and this kind of a diagnosis, especially when it's particularly advanced. Instead of that, I think people should say, you know what, I'm, I'm here for you. I am going to be supportive no matter what and commit to that. And ask, what can I do for you now? And what can I do for you later? Hmm. What are the things you need? Okay. Uh, obviously, um, showing up with food is great as long as you know the person's got space in the refrigerator or freezer. Or you're showing up with dry goods that are easy to, easy to make later. Um, being supportive in small ways like that. Offering to uh, do the grocery shopping. Offering to come in and clean the house. Huge. So there are there are lots of things um, coming over, picking up the phone uh, and talking to somebody, or, or you know, stopping by and and checking in, and um, and having personal contact. I think is really important. A lot of my friends don't live anywhere near me. Uh, I grew up in Illinois. Um, I have precious few people that I know who moved to Los Angeles with me. So, so I don't see my family, um, more than, you know, once or twice a year, uh, a lot of the time. And my, my, my nuclear family from when I was a kid anyway. Um, and, uh, and I almost never see any of my old friends, even the ones that I went to college without here, um, they're all busy. They all have lives. They live across town. And L.A. is one of these towns that's so spread out and there's so much traffic. It's a huge undertaking to get from one side of the city to the other. And it can take, a, you know, can take 
a long time in traffic and then coordinating schedules with people is, is really tricky. So I've had the good fortune of having a, a number of friends who have made the effort to come out and see me um, over the years. Um, I've had friends who designed their vacations so that they could come visit. Um, and that's been amazing to me. And I've had friends who surprised the heck out of me by sending me things that they knew I love, like Chicago pizza or really good coffee beans, um, things that, uh, that I had a passion for. And just have that show up in my mail was, uh, you know, was uh, astounding to me. And, and books, you know, I've got, I've got a number of books on my shelf that friends sent to me because they knew that I had a certain connection to the subject matter. And, um, and these are wonderful things. It's just like a surprise out of the blue. I'm like, oh, my God, my friend was really thinking about me. And this really means something. And so that's powerful. That packs a big emotional punch. Um, people who, who live out here, uh, you know, we had a, we had a period of time when we were getting food sent to us by a number of people. And, and that was really wonderful. I, um, you know, I always, um, am grateful for, for the things that people do that are, that are personal and, and meaningful. So, when somebody is dealing with this kind of a, um, a disease, this kind of a condition, uh, it's, I think it's so important to reach out and to make that connection. Um, I was kind of going on egregiously long there for a, a minute. And I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid I was, I'm afraid I was wavering from your, no, I think you you gave really good examples of what to do and what not to do. Which, mm -hmm. yeah, you know the what not to do. There's a book called um, "Everything Happens for a Reason oh, and Other, other Lies I Have Loved" by Kate Bowler. I just read that. Um, yes, I I thought that book was genius, and the appendix uh, that she has in there of things not to say or do um, for a cancer patient, I thought was spot on. Um, really, in fact, that's the first thing I read, and I laughed so hard um, that I kind of just dove into the book and read it and loved it, um, thought it was terrific. And her, her advice is, is really, uh, I think, really powerful. During our conversation, I asked Jeffrey how having cancer may have changed his perception of himself, and he also explained some of the distressing effects cancer and its treatment have had on his body. I feel good about myself when I realize that I've made a connection with somebody and I've helped them. I feel bad about myself when I realize there are things I've left undone that I need to take care of or resolve, but I don't necessarily know how to um, or have the ability to. Uh, I feel good about myself when I 
um, am interacting in a healthy way with the people around me. And I have uh, worked hard on some of my relationships and, and, I, and I see them pay off. And I feel really bad about myself when I realize that I'm, a, I'm acting like uh, an ass and, um, and being uh, short-tempered and, um, and unreasonably uh, demanding or hard on other people. And a lot of this has to do with um, the ups and downs of medication. Mm. And when I was on steroids uh, early in my uh, treatment, you know, I, I, I think when I was on steroids uh, initially, it gave me a bit of a reputation of, uh, put it lightly, having an unreasonably bad temper. And I was described not so flatteringly um, as like having my eyes bug out and my veins in my neck um, throbbing visibly uh, when, I was, when I was angry about things. And so I had to work really hard on that because anger is an issue that I've um, been uh, aware of my entire life. I never felt that I had such a bad temper uh, compared to other people I've known, um, but it comes out sometimes, and I've always worked to keep it in check. I think anger is a useful emotion, just like all emotions are. I don't, uh, I don't think that we should demonize any of them. But I do think we need to understand if we're going to feel anger, we have to have a moment uh, where we pause and consider why am I angry? Mm-hmm. What, is, what is the anger based on? What's the underlying emotion that really is driving it? Because there's usually something specific. Uh, you know, it could be fear. It could be anxiety. It could be um, a number of things, you know. And, and we tend to be angry and take that out on people in safe uh, context where we feel we're not going to be overtly penalized for our behavior. So I might stay super patient around people I don't know super well and then lose my temper with my family at home. Mm-hmm. And that always makes me feel really bad about myself if I do that. So I, I worked really hard on that. <clears throat> and, I, and I think that uh, my cancer journey, so to speak, um, has given me the opportunity to really delve into that and uh, try and work through whatever issues I had that were making me angry and try to learn ways to be more patient. And while it's not always super successful, more often than not, I think it is. And I feel good about that. That makes me feel good because I feel like, wow, I've done some work. You know, I've kind of like taken care of some things within me that needed some help that needed to be addressed. And, and so that's kind of fulfilling. Um, you know, I look at my, I look at myself from a distance and, and I see somebody who's gone through some incredibly difficult, um, times here uh, over the last few years and specifically over the last few months. And I, I think, wow, that guy is, guy's done really well. You know, he's kept a really great attitude and he's, um, and he's, uh, really, you know, soldiered on, uh, again, using a metaphor I I don't normally like to use. Um, but you, you get the sense that no matter what's come my way, I've toughed it out. I've, I've gone over the bumps. I've, I've rolled down the hills. I've I've done whatever I need to do. And I'm 
proud of that guy. And I think, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, that's really great. And then I look at that guy. I just think it's so damn hard. There are moments when I look at my body and I can't, I can't recognize it. Hmm. I just feel horrible being in it. Not knowing why, you know, I, um, I, I had a bit on, uh, one of my, Erstwhile podcast that I do, and I was discussing body dysmorphia. Um, and how easy it is sometimes to just slip into this this moment where you you simply don't don't feel at home. <clears throat> and that kind of sucks. So, you know, at those times, I don't feel good. Yeah. And I and I don't feel proud and I don't feel like this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, you know, and I, and I don't think that, uh, you know, uh, as much as people like to throw this, this thing around, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, my retort to that is, is usually whatever doesn't kill you doesn't kill you. <laughs> that's pretty much where it ends. But, uh, but it's one of those things too, where I, I really feel like that's such an overused expression that it does not only lack meaning, but it in context of somebody who's actually going through something, I think it's quite insensitive and insulting. Um, because no, cancer doesn't make me stronger. It, it hasn't made me a strong person. It hasn't made me a um, you know a warrior or a fighter. It hasn't made me honorable. Uh, it hasn't done any of these things that these different words that people throw out at you suggest, you know, I'm just a guy and I'm not even necessarily the nicest guy. I mean, I am kind of really, I'm a super nice guy, but, (laughs) but people don't know that necessarily. No, it has been such a delight to talk to you. Thank you so much for, for taking this time. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. I really, I have really appreciated the, uh, the opportunity chat i don't um i don't get to use my uh speaking voice enough um and uh and i do kind of as as you can tell uh have um, (laughs) a predilection for going on and on uh when i speak but uh it's uh it's nice to be able to do it and i I hope you edit me well (laughs) i will do my best i also just wanted to say we are so so grateful that you are a part of our community and you make oh, a, a you. huge impact. Um, so thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. And hearing, hearing that makes me feel good about myself. Um, <laughs> good. It does. And I, and it, it, it's, it's really nice for me to hear things that validate that what I'm doing is worthwhile and makes, makes a difference to people and makes an impact because it is really all I do these days. So if I'm, if I'm not writing about, 
cancer, most of the time I'm not writing. And I, and I can't be more appreciative to the folks at Health Union um, for, for letting me be a part of this and encouraging me uh, along the way. Um, it's just been, it's, it, it just continues to be a remarkable experience for me. So I hope that shows in my work. But <clears throat> I, I, do, I do read a lot of your articles. I don't read all of them, but because it, there's We're just a lot. Out. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm sorry. But I, I always well, enjoy you, your articles very much. Well, I appreciate that. I really do. And, um, and thank you again for considering me for this podcast. It's, it's going to be quite an honor to be part of Lung Cancer Awareness Month. And, um, and just, you know, it's just an honor to be thought of. And I hope that you get some good material. I think I have lots. Try, try to edit for the comedy, though. I mean, timing is everything. All right. I will do my best. <laughs> Thank Thank you you. so much. I'm so thankful for having this conversation with Jeffrey Pullman. The way he shared his experiences, both in this interview and in his articles, deeply touched me. He wrote that he tried to make the world a better place, and I think he definitely did that. If you or someone you know has lung cancer, join the conversation at lungcancer.net. Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward.